Dr. Crystal here, interested in learning about the connection between your digestive health and living forever-ish? Stay tuned to find out more. You're listening to Live Forever-ish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your host, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. So our guest today is Dr. Liz Lipsky. She's a, the professor and director of the academic development for graduate programs in clinical nutrition at Maryland University of Integrative Health. Also the owner of the Innovative Healing Academy and the author of the fifth edition of her book, Digestive Wellness. Dr. Lipsky, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Crystal. I'm so glad to be here with you. It's so nice to see you and have this time together. Yes, this is a very, you know, listeners, this is a very special moment for me. Uh, Dr. Lipsky, or she allows me to call her Liz, <laughs> she is... Um, she has been very instrumental with my personal education. She was my academic advisor and instructor uh, when I attended Maryland University of Integrative Health. And, uh, and so I'm just so happy to have her on. She's a wealth of knowledge. And, um, and so this is, it's special for me and uh, I hope it will be special for all of you. She's very knowledgeable on you know, more than just digestive health. I know that you've written other books as well. I have, but mostly they focus on digestion. I certainly know other things, but <laughs> but this is where I'm like the most nerdy and where my passion really lies. Um, yeah. I kind of came to the idea of digestion as the key to systemic health mm -hmm. about 25 years ago and started really exploring that topic and kind of got stuck there after working in women's health and eating disorders and with people with cancer and diabetes and everything else. But this is kind of where I landed more recently. Well, so t tell us about digestion. I think it's an underappreciated aspect of health. Uh, so many people, I, I watch my husband, he, I don't even think he chooses food. I mean, he can, you know, clear plate faster than you can, you know, I'm still on my first bite, savoring the flavor and enjoying the moment. And then I look over and he's done. Um, but you know, that's just one small part of, of digestion. But what about, what is it about digestion that really interests you the most? Well, there are a lot of things. So the first thing is I, I consider digestion kind of the river of life consider that you have like this hose running through you. It's like a sprinkler hose and it's sprinkling to every cell in your body nutrients. And so if that's not working right, then we feel tired, we feel blue. Um, nothing can work right unless digestion's working right. So at the most basic, I think that's what interests me. And then we have about almost half of the people in this country either have heartburn or constipation or irritable bowel syndrome or dyspepsia indigestion. So that interests me if you've got 50% of the population with digestive issues. And then the other things that really fascinate me and we can talk about more is mm -hmm. what's the relationship of the gut to the brain? What's the microbiome? What are these three to five pounds of microbes that we have? And what do they do? Because that's endlessly fascinating to me. 
And then what happens when you have what we call leaky gut, where you get products in your bloodstream that don't belong there? Mm -hmm. And how is that all related to autoimmune disease, which is also, you know, when I was first in practice, we never hardly ever worked with anybody with autoimmune disease. And now it seems like every third person has an autoimmune condition. So all of this, and then two thirds of the immune system is in the gut. And you wonder like, why is that? And <laughs> the reason is, is that every day we take hunks of things we call food yes. and we put them in our mouth and our body has to decide, is this a, a what's this stranger? Is this stranger a dangerous stranger? Or is this some something that I know how to accommodate? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so, you know, as nutritionists, we always start with food and lifestyle, which we have so much room to work with in just those things, because a lot of the food that we eat shouts danger to our immune system. Well, and I know one of the key components to the, the immune system in the gut is the microbiome. And so I do want to kind of see if you, can you explain a little bit about you know, the gut microbiome, why it's, you know, it's all the rage. Everyone's taking a probiotic, um, you know, are they really needed? And really what's causing such an imbalance in the microbiome? Wow, big questions. Okay, so <laughs> what is the microbiome first yes. of all? So first of all, what it is, is it's a, it's a collection of many communities of um, microbes. And these microbes are bacteria, viruses, fungi, and sometimes parasites. And they, they're supposed to live in a great harmony. And they live basically, for lack of a better word, in snot, like in mucus, right? <laughs> and, and they live in these communities. And I like to think of them as like corporations, right? Okay. And so there's lots of divisions and there's lots of different jobs and there's lots of different characters. Mm -hmm. But just like a corporation, if you if you have good management of that corporation, mm -hmm. it's gonna run really well, right? And even right. if you replace everybody in a department, that department still has the same functions. Oh, interesting. I've never thought of it in that way. <laughs> and so each of us has a microbiome or corporation that's different from everybody else. It's like a fingerprint. In fact, they're doing, um, they're starting to do uh, criminal work by if they can get there really fast, sometimes they can get the microbiome cloud and of somebody, you know? So it's very wow. fascinating. It's very fascinating. But, but the other interesting thing is we don't just have one microbiome. Like we have hundreds of different microbiomes. So the microbiome of what's in my nose is different than what's on my lips, is different than what's on my teeth, is different than what's in my gums or, and, or different from what's on my tongue. Mm. And I read a paper once that said, you know, my right hand and my left hand are only 70% the same microbiome. Wow. Because you think I'm... of what you're doing with your hands yes. is different, right? Yes, that makes, yeah. but, but that makes so much sense because obviously with your dominant hand, you're probably touching things more, you're writing with that hand. So you would imagine that the microbiome would be different. So what, I mean, what's causing 
do you, well, let's take a step back. Do you feel like people need to, um, to take a probiotic? Do you think that it's necessary or can they get it through food? Big question. So first of all, what's the function of this microbiome in the first place, mm -hmm. right? The, the microbiome talks to your genes. Um, we have over, you know, we have about 23,000 genes, right? Mm -hmm. But but we have over 6 million genes in our microbiome. Aha. Uh -huh. You know, and even more than that, even more uh -huh. than that, they estimate that less than 1% of our genes are human and 99% are microbial. So when you start looking at that, it's like, okay, so what's the function? So they have this crosstalk between our genes uh -huh. and they have this crosstalk between the food that we eat and the stress and whether we're exercising and how much we sleep. So our lifestyle really influences the balance of these microbes. And do I think people, and, and the function of them is to make hormones, to make vitamins, like all our B vitamins mm -hmm. and vitamin K, mm -hmm. to regulate immunity. Some of the microbes put out little bits of um, antibacterial, like, you know, uh, substances to mm -hmm. kill bad bugs. Um, you know, they're, they're always doing good things. And as they're talking to our genes, they're saying, this person, you know, wow, they're, they're eating all the wrong foods. And so they're in this pro inflammatory state. And so I'm giving you this message, be inflamed, right? right. Or yeah. on the other one, they can say everything's really good. And so what we start seeing now is that we see so many people with disrupted microbiomes, mm. that people are to great lengths with their diets, like you'll you see this all the time that people are on the low FODMAP diet for IBS, mm -hmm. specific carbohydrate diet for Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, or they're um, gluten free and dairy free, or they're on a ketogenic diet or paleo immune, or yes. there's so many different diets. Right. And, and start thinking about it, I think, well, the main thing that those diets do is reduce inflammation by taking out junk, but also by modulating the microbiome that calms down the immune system. Mm. And it also heals the leaky gut, which we'll talk about later. And so, yes. so as, we, so, you know, it's like, why do we need these extremes? Right. right. And I think it's because we're all exposed to so many chemicals every day we're exposed to little bits of, of chemicals in our water. We're exposed to chemicals and things in our air. Many of us weren't breastfed. Or many of us were born by C-section. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we're all under stress. We are in collective stress right now. And, and, um, and our lifestyles are, are frenetic and move fast. And um, most people don't get enough sleep. Most people don't move enough. And so you look at all these factors and the microbiome just can't really be good. And you know, something we never really think about is there are little bits of antibiotics and drugs in our water system and pesticides and fertilizers, you know? So I think one thing that we can do for our microbiome is to filter our water at a minimum. Mm -hmm. 
wow, that you've given us so many things to consider. Um, and I think that that's important for us to kind of understand what's destroying the microbiome, even just drinking water and, and the, the pharmaceuticals that's in our water supply can also um, compromise our microbiome and also stress, yeah. I understand, can be very challenging and stressing to, to the, the microbiome. Now, let's go back to leaky gut. Because Wait, let's do the probiotics because you oh, were yes. going to ask me about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you asked me twice. So I think I'll answer that. So, okay. so with the probiotics, um, it's a difficult question. I mm -hmm. think the most important thing is for us to really change the way we eat on a permanent basis to change the microbiome. And we have, we, we have research that demonstrates that you can change your microbiome by changing the way you eat in 24 hours. But in order to really change it, you have to be consistent. Mm. And, um, and we study after study that demonstrate that. It's, it's fascinating. So if you eat a more paleo diet and then you switch to a more plant-based diet, you can see changes within 24 hours. Wow. In terms of what microbes are activated and what's going on there. And so, um, you know, so I think the main things are to eat real food, mm -hmm. most, almost all the time to eat food that came from nature and not in a box and doesn't have a label. And, right. you know, so that's the first thing. And then to add little bits of fermented foods to your diet. Mm -hmm. um, my, this morning I had some kimchi, um, which I make and, you know, um, you know, just find some fermented food that you like. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is prebiotics, which are the food for the microbiome. And these prebiotics are soluble fibers and resistant starches, but also the colors and fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and beans, the polyphenols are also prebiotic. Mm -hmm. um, the, the polyphenols in green tea or red wine, they're also prebiotic. Mm -hmm. And then um, polyunsaturated fatty acids are have prebiotic properties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also sea vegetables. So every time you have some sushi wrapped in nori, you're getting prebiotics. Um, and most grains, you know, grains, beans. So, you know, when we start thinking plant foods, we start thinking prebiotics. Yes. And I like how you mentioned really it's the real food. And I often say it's the food that is um, either fermented. And if it's not fermented, then it should spoil probably rather soon. So that, that's your fresh vegetables. Uh, if it's on the shelf and it's preserved with, you know, with sugar, probably not the best thing for for your microbiome yeah so you know we've got so you know so that's the beginning and mm -hmm. then with probiotics it's it, we're we're going to be in a place where we're going to really know more about about how to best use them okay okay uh -huh. so we have probiotics for people with chronic diarrhea, like Saccharomyces boulardii, mm -hmm. um, uh, which also helps people with chronic yeast overgrowth. 
And so that's one, it's a cousin to bread yeast. And, you know, so that's one, like I've been taking it lately just because it's in my refrigerator. Um, but it's one of my favorite probiotics. And it's also a probiotic that people can take while they're on antibiotics or antimicrobials because mm -hmm. it's not killed by those because it's a cousin to bread yeast. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but what we, and you know, should somebody take a probiotic every day? I would say if somebody's under a lot of stress, it might be a good time to take an extra probiotic. Um, I would say that if somebody has a specific health issue, you know, you have a bladder infection or you're, you're trying to prevent, um, we have no research on this, but you're trying to prevent COVID-19, right. you know, supporting gut function, it makes mm -hmm. sense during these times maybe to take a probiotic. But what we don't really know is which probiotic for which person for, and um, you know, you were involved with a group of papers that we published yes. on, on probiotics. So you know how specific that they are for specific conditions. Um, I think you can't really go wrong with a combination of lactobacillus and bifidobacteria. Right. Yes. You know, you can't go wrong with that because a lot of the strains duplicate each other, as I was talking about those departments, you know, they, mm -hmm. in this corporation, they can kind of take over function for each other. Yes. And so, you know, I think, I think it's good. But one of the things that we're finding about probiotics, it's almost like if you just take a probiotic all the time, that has maybe even 12 strains of microbes in it or six strains of microbes in it, what you're going to find is that it's kind of like monocropping. Ah, Instead yeah. of the thousand that you have, you keep dosing with these same ones over and over and over. And so that's why I think it's so important to try to get this from food. You know, Absolutely. if you get it from food, then you get as the seasons change and you change what you eat over time, right now berries are in season. So yes. great time to be eating berries and watermelon and cantaloupe and, you know, all the summer foods. Mm -hmm. And then in the winter, we go more to legumes and potatoes and things that are hardier, right? Yes. And so you start kind of changing that and that shifts your microbiome so that you're getting different, different microbes um, all the time. And so, you know, we used to think everybody should take a probiotic every day. Mm -hmm. And now I think, you know, if you're feeling stressed, you're feeling like you're at risk of something, you have an imbalance, well, then definitely take a probiotic for a while. But it's not usually a chronic thing unless you're somebody who's on prednisone all the time, or, or you're taking, um, antibiotics. Some people are on antibiotics permanently. So, you know, there are always exceptions, but we are in the very, I don't know if we're even walking yet with what we know about probiotics. Well, you know, I think one thing that people are sometimes um, get confused on is the difference between probiotics and digestive enzymes. Like I'm always telling my dad, no dad, that's your enzyme. Well, what is that doing? You know, <laughs> um, you help our listeners just to clarify the difference between the two. Sure. So probiotics are typically live microbes, although they can be dead microbes. 
um, that modulate your immune function. And that's the main thing we want them to do. Although they help lower cholesterol and triglycerides and help regulate blood sugar and do a million other things. But if you just kind of think of them as immune modulators, mm -hmm. that's what they do. Whereas digestive enzymes have protease to break down protein and lipase to break down fat and amylase to break down carbohydrates. And so they help us to digest our food. Nice. And again, when we're really stressed and the older we get, sometimes we just don't make enough enzymes to help us digest our food well. So when I was in practice, I can remember working with people and I'd recommend enzymes. They were like, wow, I just have better energy or I'm not constipated anymore or my gas and bloating is better. Well, that's because you're just digesting your food better. Ah, now with between enzymes and probiotics, which one would you say is, um, would be best for someone who suspects they have leaky gut? Uh, and how would you even know if you have leaky gut syndrome? Wow. Um, I think both of them can play a good role. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't choose a like either or necessarily. Okay. But what leaky gut is, it's really in increased intestinal permeability or a breached barrier function. And the, the cell lining of the gut is one cell thick. It's thinner than your eyelid. And its job in the small intestine is to let us absorb nutrients into our bloodstream, but to keep anything that's a waste or anything that might be harmful to us out that mm -hmm. comes out in our poo instead. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when we eat food, for example, like fiber doesn't get digested by, by um, us. And so it comes out in our poo, right? Right. And so, so you wouldn't want to get that fiber into your bloodstream because if you got that fiber into your bloodstream, then there's nothing your blood can do with that. So we start mm -hmm. an immune response. And what happens when we're under stress, when we're taking those same kind of drugs, all the same kind of things that I talked about, about imbalancing the microbiome can also um, cause leaky gut. And this barrier where it's permeable, and maybe <laughs> we'll put a picture up of it, um, but the barrier that's permeable, what happens is that food molecules, bacteria, fungi, um, chemicals that came in on the food can all go right into the bloodstream. And if they get into the bloodstream, what happens is that then the blood kind of goes, what's this? The molecules are too big for the cells to take up. They're not what the cells really need. And so your immune system starts creating inflammatory substances like cytokines. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you keep doing this, then your body will start going, huh, maybe I should make some antibodies against this food. And we end up with food sensitivities. And so what we can see is that people with autoimmune disease, it's a precondition for autoimmune disease that you have leaky gut. Wow. And so, and I know that probiotics are very instrumental with helping to kind of restore the intestinal gut barrier system and, and helping to kind of prevent some of your leaky gut issues as well. They are. And the other things that other supplements that I really love to use for healing a leaky gut are things like L-glutamine or glutamine. Mm -hmm. The 
you know, our brain and our muscles run on glucose, but our small intestine runs on glutamine and our large intestine runs on butyrate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Short chain fatty acids. And so, you know, um, taking out glutamine for the small intestine makes sense. Also quercetin, colostrum, um, um, vitamin A, you know, we're all scared of vitamin A, but most of us can safely take 10,000 units of vitamin A daily. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all nutrients that can really be helpful to like heal the leaky gut. Um, and, um, you know, I, another thing I want to clarify is that, you know, leaky gut happens in the small intestine, which is about how we get nutrients to our cells. But in the large intestine, most of that's already happened. And the microbiome is mainly in the large intestine or colon. Mm -hmm. Thank you for clarifying that. Now, let's go back to your new book, Digestive Wellness, fifth edition. What compelled you to write a new edition? I understand uh, that this edition is kind of, you did lots of editing and revamping and, and added new information. You know, the field is changing. It's mushrooming really about probiotics, prebiotics, the microbiome, the gut brain, the role of the gut in dermatology and bone health and depression and anxiety. And, you know, you just kind of go on and on. And so, so because the previous edition came out in 2012, Mm -hmm. there was so much more that I wanted to talk about. And And to really expand upon, like most people who have migraines wouldn't think, well, maybe it starts in my gut, but it probably does. You know, most people who have eczema or psoriasis wouldn't think, huh, could this be dysbiosis and leaky gut that's causing this? Is this food sensitivities? And so I really wanted to go kind of what I talk about is the dig in model, which I'll talk about um, in a second. But It's like to give an overview of like how digestion works, what happens when it's out of balance, and then finally, specific health conditions, and what do we know about bringing those into balance? So, you know, if you're somebody who has bad breath, you know, what do you do about that? Or you're somebody who has uh, ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease, what do we know? And Mm -hmm. what do we know about different diets? one of the models that I use, which you know, is called the dig-in model. Yes. Which Patrick Hannaway and and I kind of put together. And I was sitting with Patrick Hannaway at an airport. And he goes, you know, I think there's only really five different things that, that, you know, are digestive. And so rather than like naming everything, why don't we look at what the issues are? Uh-huh. And the first issue is, can you really digest and absorb and move your th- food through your system? You know, the second one is, do you have leaky gut, intestinal permeability? The third one is, does your gut microbiome, is that in balance? And if it's not in balance, what do we do about that? The fourth one is your immune system and the inflammation. So, and then finally, your enteric nervous system, your gut brain. And, you know, we have hormones and we have neurotransmitters. We make 70% of our serotonin in our gut. We make GABA and dopamine in our gut. And so looking at all of those to say, well, okay, this person has 
inflammatory bowel disease and they have celiac disease and they also have arthritis, wow, that seems like immune and inflammation might be first, mm -hmm. but also that means it means somebody's got leaky gut and you want to look at everything else. And wow. so these are kind of the tune-up places. If you can tune up these five areas of the dig-in model, then somebody can start feeling optimized. Wow. And, and so you go into these details in your book, uh, uh, Digestive Wellness, 5th Edition. And where can, I know that the book is available on lifeextension.com, but I also know that you have an online course art of digestive wellness. Can you tell us a little bit about that and then uh, where they can go and locate that information? While I was writing the book, I kept thinking about, oh, I wish I had more time to go into this research or, oh, I wish I could explain this or show people how I think about this in real time. And so I created this online course that's um, 28 videos, nine cooking videos, um, about 20 assessments and about 20 more handouts and wow. all of our papers on probiotics are in wow. it. And, um, and, you know, I just kind of said, I'm kind of towards the end of my career. And it's like, well, what can I do that kind of takes uh, this body of work and starts putting it in a place? And so I put it together in this online course, The Art of Digestive Wellness, and people can find it at either the innovative healing academy.com or at art of digestivewellness.com. Awesome. Liz, thanks so much for being here. This is, I mean, you're such a wealth of knowledge and I can't wait to, uh, to read the fifth edition of your book and also sign up for the online course. I mean, there are lots of, um, I kind of checked it out a little bit beforehand and if you are a clinician, it's a great resource, lots of tools, um, but also for someone who just you're looking to help to heal yourself, heal your family. Uh, it's there. There's so many resources available. So that is the art of digestive wellness, innovativehealingacademy.com and the book digestive wellness, fifth edition Liz, Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Crystal. It was a pleasure. All right. And uh, for more podcasts, head over to liveforeverish.com. That's liveforeverish.com. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and comment. For Life Extension, I'm Dr. Crystal.